that's fine. Yes, sir. All right. Go to Psalm 56. If you have your Bible, go to Psalm 56. I will move this. Psalm 56. Um, we started Philemon. Pastor was kind of uh, berating me before church tonight because I wasn't going to be in Philemon. But um, I told the teens on Wednesday night that you can, you can read through the book of Psalms in a month. If you read the Psalm of the Day and then add the number 30 to that psalm four times, and you will read five psalms a day, and you'll read through the whole book in a month. So today is the 29th, so you'd read Psalm 29, then Psalm 59, Psalm 89, then you would read Psalm 119, and then you would read Psalm 149. And so through the course of a month, you'll read the whole book of Psalms. So I was doing that the other day, and I came across Psalm 56, and um, Honestly, it's just been kind of in my brain, and it's been stuck on my mind, and I've just been kind of mulling it over in my heart, I guess, and so I just thought I'd share that tonight. Um, <clears throat> I also wanted to say this. I, I read an article the other day. It was really short, and um, it's by, I, it was somebody that's associated with the Wilds Christian Camp in North Carolina, but the, ty the, the article was about focusing on the what is instead of the what-ifs. And, um, you know, we have a lot of unsureties. We have a lot of things in our lives right now that are kind of up in the air, and we have a lot of things going on that, that we're unsure about, that we don't have a whole lot of information about, and the information we have maybe we don't trust. And there's a lot of what-ifs. But the one thing that is, is God. And God doesn't change. There's no question. There's no doubt. There's no unsurety about God. God is who he is, and he will always be who he is. Uh, the book of Hebrews tells us, he's, tells us that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, so I just want to encourage you, focus on what is, and don't get so caught up on all of the what ifs. And when I find that article again, I will, I will put it on our Facebook page so that you can look at it, because I'm sure it'll be a blessing to you as well. So Psalm 56, verse number three. Well, let's read verse 1. The Bible says, Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. And notice what David says in verse 3. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. I, I, I find this verse interesting from, from, this, from this idea. David does not claim to never be afraid. David does not claim to be superhuman or greater than us and never have fear. Here he says what time I am afraid. David had fears. David had fear. And I think sometimes when we read our Bible, we, we get this idea that the men and the women that God put down for all ages, the people that God has preserved for us to read about, I, I feel like sometimes we get this idea like somehow they were superhuman. They never had fear and they did these amazing things for God and they never had the same struggles that we do. And it's not true. David had fears. 
And that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight. And, and I want to just two quick points. And my first point is this. Fear is a reality. Everybody has fear. There isn't a soul on this earth that is not afraid or have fear that they have to confront, deal with, or make a choice about. Everybody has fear. Everybody. Everybody. I don't care if it's you're afraid of spiders. I don't care if it's afra- you're afraid of the dark. I don't care if you're afraid to have a, conver- a, a specific conversation with one of your kids. I don't care if you're afraid about raising your kids and what you're going to do or how you're going to do it or if you're doing it right. I don't care if it's af- you're afraid of your boss at work. I don't care if it's you're afraid of coronavirus, whatever it is. Fear is a part of life. Really, it just comes down to what we do with our fear. But fear is a part of life. In Psalm 56, David is running from Saul. And if you notice, that, if you have it up there in the heading, he goes down to Gath. This is the, the scene where David goes down to the Philistines, and they recognize him, and he acts like he's insane. So take, if you have your Bible, take your Bible, go to 1 Samuel 21 real quick. 1 Samuel 21. And verse number 10. 1 Samuel t- uh, 21, verse 10. The Bible says in verse 10, And David arose and fled that, that day for fear of Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said unto him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul hath slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands? And David laid up these words in his heart and was sore afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. And he changed his behavior before them and feigned himself mad in their hands and scrabbled on the doors of the gate and let his spittle fall down upon his beard. So here David becomes afraid of these Philistines, and he acts like a crazy person. He begins to scratch at the doors of the gate and he allows himself to drool down his chin and and he acts like he's out of his mind. Verse 14, then said Achish unto his servants, Lo, ye see see the man is mad. Therefore, then have ye brought him to me. Have I need of mad men that ye have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? So David puts on this act so that way maybe they don't kill him or whatever it is because David's afraid of these Philistines. So David was afraid of Saul, then he was afraid of these Philistines. Fear is a part of life. It's a reality. It's something that we all deal with. It's something that we all face. It's something we all have to deal with in our lives. Um, Last week, we were watching a documentary over at the Monday's house, and the documentary is called Free Solo. I personally, I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy that kind of thing. But the, the documentary is about a man by the name of Alex Honnold. And Alex Honnold is a free climber. In other words, he climbs really tall mountains and cliffs and rock faces without ropes. It's all freehand. It's called free climbing. Alex Honnold, um, I think it was, was it 2019 or 18? But when did he actually do it? 19? So in 2017 or 18, Alex Honnold climbed 2,900 vertical feet at Yosemite National Park 
up a rock, up a mountain or a rock face called El Capitan. The average person takes, I think it is eight to 12 hours. No, it's more than that. It's like a day and a half to two days to climb that with ropes, carabiners, and all the equipment. Alex Honnold free climbed El Capitan in three hours and 56 minutes. He is a freak of nature. But here's the interesting thing. They put Alex Honnold into an MRI machine. And what they did was they gave him a button to click and they kept showing him pictures. And every time the picture, a new picture would come up, he'd click the button. The picture of, was like of somebody holding a knife. Um, it was a capsizing boat. It was all of these dangerous situations, these pictures that they were showing him. But here's the thing. The fear center of his brain, what we call the uh, amygdala, amygdala, it's amygdala, that's what it is. The amygdala doesn't fire. As they watched the electricity function and not function in his brain, his uh, amygdala doesn't fire. It's silent. They gave him a written test. His brain does not fire. It takes a, a ridiculous amount of stimulus for Alex Honnold to be scared, which would make sense since he climbs 2,900-foot mountains without ropes. But the reality is this. Our amygdalas all fire differently. You might be afraid of something I'm not afraid of. I might be afraid of something you're not afraid of. But there are things in life, there are situations, there are things that come up that cause us to be afraid. In Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, God said, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. If fear wasn't a part of our lives, then why would God tell us not to be afraid? In Joshua 1, 9, he told the Israelites, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. He even told the Israelites, don't be afraid, I'm with you. Deuteronomy 3, verses 21 and 22, God told Joshua and Moses, I commanded Joshua at, the, at that time, saying, Thine eyes have seen all that the Lord your God hath done unto, thee, unto these two kings. So shall the Lord do unto all the kingdoms whither thou passest. Ye shall not fear them, for the Lord your God, he shall fight for you. God says, don't fear them because I'm fighting for you. I'm fighting for you. Lamentations 3, verse 57, God told Jeremiah, thou drewest near in that day that I, or Jeremiah's talking, he says, thou drewest near in the day that I called upon thee, thou saidst, fear not. God told Jeremiah, don't fear. Don't fear. Hebrews 2, verses 14 and 15 is interesting. The Bible says, for as much then, as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, Jesus Christ, also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of light, of death, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Do you realize the fear of death is bondage? Death tries to grip us and to take us captive and to keep us from, from living the life we would want to live or maybe do the things we'd want to do because of fear, because we're afraid of death. I think that's one reason that the coronavirus pandemic is what it is. People are afraid to die. They are afraid to die. 
And unfortunately, on some levels, we are sort of being put into bondage because of that fear. Because of that fear. Let me ask you a question. Pastor mentioned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel 3, verses 16 and 18 this morning. Do you think there was any fear in the heart and mind of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? I would say yes. I would say yes. But you know what happened? Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach, and Abednego made a choice. They were not without fear. They were not fearless. They just made a choice. And if you look in Psalm 56, verse 3, David makes a choice. He says, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. David made a conscious choice to trust in God in spite of being afraid. Notice verse Five, or four. Notice what David says in verse four. He says, in God, I will. I will. He says, I will make a choice to praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Here, David makes a choice. I will trust in God when I'm afraid. You know what I think the problem is, is many times we are afraid and we put our trust in anything and everything else but God. We put it in ourselves. We put it in our job. We put it in our family. We put it in our friends. We put it in the newspaper. We put it in Fox News. We put it in whatever it is we can. And I think all too often the last place we turn is God. And there stands God, ready to help, ready to aid, ready to fight for us, just like he did the children of Israel, but yet we don't trust him. And fear dominates us. Fear will control us. I personally think this. I think that David's choice to trust in God in spite of his fear caused him to be fearless. David's choice to trust in God in spite of his fear caused him to be fearless. You know, we look at a lot of people in our world and we would say, man, that guy is fearless. But he's not fearless. He simply made a choice to act in spite of his fear. And that's the point. When we put our trust in God, we have to act in spite of our fear. We can't allow our fear to put us into bondage or to hold us back. We have to act in spite of our fear. You know, if you were to go to the book of James, and in the book of James, you're going to find that faith is active. Faith is not stagnant. Faith doesn't sit still. Faith doesn't wait and see what happens. Faith acts. And when we are afraid and we say, no, I'm going to trust God then we're going to act. We're going to act. We're going to step out by that faith, through that trust, and we're going to do something. We're not going to stand by and wait or watch or see what happens. Faith is active. David said, I will. He was resolved. He was resolved. You weren't going to distract him. You weren't going to change his mind. He was going to trust God. 
There wasn't anything else he was going to trust in. There wasn't anybody else he was going to trust in. He was going to trust in God. That was the resolve that he had. He would trust in God. If you were to go to Psalm 23, verse 4, there David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. David sounds like a pretty bad dude, doesn't he? He says, I will fear no evil. But look at the rest of the verse. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Why could David say, I will fear no evil? Because his God was with him. Ladies and gentlemen, your God is with you. Your God is with you. He lives inside you. He walks beside you. He's giving you his word. He listens to your prayers. Your God is with you. There's no need to fear. David said, I will fear no evil. In Psalm 118, verse 6, notice this. He says, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. Why? Because God was by his side. He says, I will not fear. Then he says, what can man do unto me? Psalm 37, verse 1. Pastor's been preaching through this chapter for a few weeks now, but at the very beginning, fret not thyself. He just says, stop being afraid. Stop worrying. Stop freaking out. Stop overthinking. Psalm 34, verse 4, I found interesting. Psalm 34, verse 4 says this. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. Here's the reality. When you and I are afraid, we seek. When we are afraid, we seek. We seek answers. We seek solutions. We, we seek whatever it is we need to take care of our fear. For example, if you're afraid of spiders, you're going to, one, seek a shoe. You're going to seek a book. You might seek your wife or your husband. Pastor seeks the 12 gauge. But listen, when you have a fear, you are going to seek a solution for your fear. That is natural. That's how we respond. And here David says, I sought the Lord. And he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. What are you seeking in your fear? What are you running to? Where are you hiding? What are you trying to find comfort, strength, reassurance, confidence in? What are you seeking? What are you seeking? Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. In reference to this idea of seeking the Lord, you have Psalm 56 there. Look over just maybe across the page or flip back a page to Psalm 55. And I, I, I have this underlined in my Bible, and I saw this this morning, and I, it just kind of hit me weird, but Psalm 55, verses 16 and 17. The Bible says, as for me, I will call upon God. Notice the personal choice that was just made. As for me. Listen, you got to make a choice what you're going to seek. Here, the psalmist says, as for me. David says, I am going to do this. And then he follows it up. I will call upon God. And the Lord shall save me. Look at that confidence. But look at verse 17. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. This is what struck me interesting this morning. 
David says evening and morning. And then he follows it up with at noon. Noon comes between morning and evening, right? Right? My thought was this. I don't know about you, but there are times when I have a worry, a fear, or whatever it is, there are times when I lay my head on my pillow at night and it's all I can think about. And there I lay trying to figure it out, trying to come up with a solution, trying to seek something, and it keeps me up. And the next thing I know, it's one, it's two, and finally I fall asleep. And you know what I find? When I wake up in the morning, that worry is there to greet me. And there I wake up, and it's the first thing I think about, and, and it's on my brain as I'm starting my day and as I'm, as I'm getting ready or whatever it is, and that thing is right there. But here's the thing. When you get going into your day and you get busy, it kind of goes away. You kind of forget about it. It kind of becomes an afterthought. You get busy working, doing your stuff, taking care of your responsibilities, and you're doing whatever it is you're doing. And here in verse 17, it almost sounds like David says, listen, evening and morning, I know it's going to be there. But you know what, Lord? When I'm at my busiest point, when I'm distracted with life, I'm going to stop and slow down and remember I need to pray. That I need to seek God. That I need to hear from God. That I need God to hear my voice. That I need God to save me. In that busiest part of my day. He says, I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. I don't think fear, I don't think there's a soul that's ever walked this earth or that is walking this earth or shall ever walk this earth that will never, earth that will never have fear. We all have fears, and we all respond differently to our fears. But it's about what we do with our fears. It's about how we respond to our fears. It's how we handle our fears. It's the choices we make concerning our fear. One last verse, and I'm going to be done for tonight. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, the Bible says this, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I was thinking about that idea of a sound mind, and what's interesting is that word sound mind is the same word that is translated sober in the New Testament. One of, the, one of the qualifications for a pastor and deacon is to be sober. We are told to be sober-minded. Um, and if, if you've ever seen a drunk person, um, you know that they are not in their right mind. Uh, I think it was a, about a year and a half or two years ago, there was a guy walking down... Um, the old church is on 6th Street in Warner, right? 6th and Warner, right? There was a gentleman walking down 6th Street, and he was on the sidewalk in the middle of the road, on the sidewalk in the middle of the road, stumbling up and down the curb. and all. Of it. So I called the police department, and I told him, hey, there's a gentleman, and I'm pretty sure he's drunk, and I don't know if he's going to get hit by a car, but he's walking down the middle of the road. Then on the side, He's all over the road, and uh, they said, okay, we'll send somebody out. So they sent somebody out. The guy refused to ride. I guess you can do that. So he refused the ride. They allowed him to walk home. And the next day I called to find out what had happened. But anyway, that guy was all over the place. He was not sober. He was not in that right mind. And this word sober 
means to be serious-minded. It means to be focused. It carries the idea of discipline, and it carries the idea of having character about your mind. And my point is this. God has not given you a spirit of worry, of being overwhelmed with your fear, of being constantly bombarded with your fear, of not being able to go to sleep at night, of not being able to stop thinking about it, of not being able to get it out of your brain, of not being a, whatever it is. God has given you a spirit of sound-mindedness. You don't have to carry it. You don't have to carry it. Man, if you're up at one o'clock in the morning, prayer does not work for me. My wife always says, pray, you'll fall asleep. That doesn't work for me. My brain starts running. And next thing you know, I'm thinking about 7,500 different things. That doesn't work for me. So usually what I do is I just start reading my Bible. That doesn't really put me to sleep either. But I just start reading my Bible. And it gets my brain thinking in a proper direction. And I would encourage you, if you have things and you can't go to sleep at night, and you can't stop worrying about it, and that fear is putting you into that bondage, read your Bible. Get up, go sit on the couch, go sit in a chair, read your Bible, spend some time praying, ask God to help you trust him, and give it to God. Like pastor said this morning, commit thy way unto the Lord. Commit it to him. That's what Peter said. Why? Because he careth for you. He careth for you. You don't have to fear. You don't have to let it control you. Trust God. Make that choice. Instead of choosing to allow your fear to control you and to dominate you, choose to trust God and let him work it out. Let him work it out. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Lord, I thank you for the life of David. Lord, I thank you that the men and women of the Bible weren't superhuman. There wasn't necessarily anything special about them. But Lord, they made choices to trust and to live for you. And Lord, I pray in, in th these uncertain days and these uncertain times and these different circumstances and all the things that are going on in our society and in our economy, Lord, I pray you'd help us to trust you. Lord, help us to turn to you. Help us to put our faith in you, our confidence in you. And Lord, may you be the one we look to. Not our government, not a stimulus check, not what President Trump can do, not what Nancy Pelosi's doing. But Lord, help us to remember that you are still God and that you're still in control. Help us to trust you in Jesus' name, amen.